0: Over the years, I've seen many, be it a business presentation or be it a storytelling process, where I've seen people succeed and fail as the ones who focus on impact over activity.
1: Welcome to Think Deeply, Speak Simply, brought to you by Present, a show about the art and science of communicating ideas and how business professionals can unlock their careers and achieve their full potential with great communication. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Rook and Antoine Valentone.
2: Sometimes it can be easy to forget how to leverage data as an emotive tool in our presentations, especially if we were taught to use data to lay out the facts and emotion to close and motivate. But the reality is that the decision of what data points we share actually drives the starry arc of our message and provides the signpost for where listeners should take action. In the world of motivating others to act differently, data is very much our friend and an oft-times underutilized tool as an emotive device. Data can help make our message clear and concise without having to spend valuable time articulating quantitative concepts. When used effectively, data can also help illuminate an obvious choice of action that we want our listeners to take. In this episode, we are joined by Kishan Kumar, a Marketing Director at Novartis Oncology. Kitchen provides us with some incredibly valuable insights into the utilization of data. He focuses specifically on how to turn complex sets of data into more digestible concepts and how to choose the most relevant data to engage our listeners. Additionally, he provides best practices as well as sharing engaging presentation styles in order to motivate our audiences to act. And with that, let's hear from our guest. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Before we begin, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so that you can be notified of future episodes as they're released. Kishan, welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you here today.
0: Oh, thank you. Thanks
2: for having me. Absolutely. Kishan, you're the marketing director at Novartis Oncology. Tell us about your role and what drew you to that position.
0: Sure. So I'm currently at Novartis Oncology. I have the great privilege of leading a team of marketers and supporting a portfolio of products specific to the women's and breast cancer franchise. I've spent over uh, 10 years in oncology, both on the consulting side, as well as understanding the landscape as a marketer from within. And what specifically drew me to the position or the function is the contributing to a greater cause of reimagining cancer care and help improve and extend life of patients.
3: That's really inspirational. And it's really um, one of the reasons why we were thrilled to uh, get you on the show. Tell us about in your role, how do you perform or how do you transform large amounts of data, essentially taking what is complex and making it simple? Sure. It's a great question. Loaded question.
0: Question number two. I want to say thanks to the support and the, the rigor from the Insights and Analytics team who get to do the awesome job of you know curating data and they're inundated with incredible amount of information. Now what 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 I find especially intriguing is the ability to filter the signal from the noise. Um, and my current role as a marketer, to me, what's critical is insights over information. So we, we often get a lot of information and the ability to synthesize insights is the hardest part and the good ones do it most effectively. And I find in this particular case, in terms of how I do it, I think the experiential learning helps out immensely. So when when I'm presented with data or information, you know, there are a few fundamental questions that I am trained to ask is, you know, is this true? How representative is this? Is this a data or an opinion? How actionable are these and I'd say this is where the majority of us end up being trapped is, you know, synthesizing a lot of information that ends up being not exactly actionable. And lastly, perhaps the most important one of it is, is how impactful this can be. And, and sort of that helps with the prioritization of this and acting on it. I love that answer. Thanks so much
2: for that. When you're trying to introduce something new or trying to motivate an audience, how do you select
0: the pieces of data that you highlight when you're looking to inspire others? Sure. And that's a great question. I think as a marketer, a big part of my job is to to help, you know, motivate the audience through either a specific message and give them something that's compelling, and most often encouraging them to act on something. You know, we, we call that call to action. So I think uh, just piggybacking on my last response, I, I think going through that evaluation process, you know, churning, uh, filtering out the. You know, the signal from the noise and making sure that these are actionable and, and impactful. What I fundamentally believe is is the emotive aspect of storytelling. You've probably heard that term a lot. I think it's it's critical for marketers to help with the balance of emotions. And um, you know, I, I think I'm a huge fan of this phrase. I'm not the inventor of it. it's It's not what you say, it's what they hear. And um, you know, even with some of the big ones, the most popular consumer companies like an Apple or a Nike, who really don't focus on what they offer, but really what they solve or who they represent. And so just tying back to the old question, like, how do you motivate the audiences to really make it about them?
3: That's interesting. You know, what came to mind right away when you said that about Nike and Apple is it reminded me of Simon Sinek. Start with why. I think he repeated many times. People don't buy what you sell; they buy why you do it. Or they don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. I don't know if that was inspirational to you at all, but at least for me, that's what immediately came to mind. Speaking of impact, what are some of the best practices you follow when you're trying to get your listeners to take some uh, form of action?
0: Sure, and and just you know, responding to your previous you know comment. I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. And an unrelated you know, narrative, it was in Manhattan recently, I walked into a Starbucks, you know, like we always do. And I see this big board that says, Starbucks is not a coffee company, you know, we're a people company. And I I found that to be very, very interesting. And the almost the audacity of coffee manufacturer to really say, you know, we're not a coffee company, really speaks to their belief in who they are and what they represent you know they're they're a publicly traded multi-billion dollar worth company and i i kind of look deeply into their mission statement and what they are right i think it, it verbatim reads to inspire and nurture the human spirit one cup one person and one neighborhood at a time And i think just going speaking back to the the emotions and the impact i mean if you truly think about it right it, it's the moment the company becomes a noun it's you know hey let's go starbucks or, or let's google something i think you're that's when you kind of have that validation of you know you've truly got it so you now without digressing and coming back to some of your questions around some of the best practices that i follow you know i think i s- start to focus around you know what i'm solving for a little bit of you know starting with the end in mind has really helped me with in a lot of situations and speaking to both the hearts and the minds and you know this is again, a lot of what we already discussed around the emotive component of it. And lastly, you know, as best as possible, be it a presentation or be it a campaign and trying to make it as personalized as possible. I think that really it could be challenging depending on the type of content and the type of instance, but that to me has helped deliver some of the best outcomes. Love it.
1: Think Deeply, Speak Simply is brought to you by Present. Do you spend way too much time creating presentations at work? Does the thought of making a polished slide deck add stress to your day? If so, we've got an opportunity for you to reclaim your time, reduce your stress, and make your ideas shine. Present is the presentation productivity platform for enterprise teams. Now you can save 70% of your time building presentations with 35,000 plus slides in your company brand template. Create personalized presentations tailored to your audience and master structured storylines. Need a personal touch? Our professional services, like overnight presentations, are a click away. Present crushes 60% of the cost used on agencies and consultancy firms. It's why we're trusted by thousands of enterprise teams. Add zen to your presentations. Reclaim your time and let your ideas shine. To learn more, visit present.com. That's P-R-E-Z-E-N-T dot com. And now back to the show.
2: Kish, you were selected as a 40 Under 40 Award winner by M and m Continuing with today's theme, what is it that you feel inspired
0: the committee to choose you? Sure. This is uh, okay. Just to expand on that, I think MM&M is a uh, medical media and marketing organization that I've very recently come to learn a lot more about. And completely being transparent, not exactly clear in terms of how they found me or, you know, how they chose me. And so I'll give you my interpretation of it. I- I'll just say this was in my professional career one of the greatest honors and and perhaps the most flattering external validation that I've ever received. And I've had the great privilege of uh, sharing the class with some remarkable leaders across uh, a variety of industries. So again, from my perspective, I would assume that it's the breadth of roles that I have had, uh, ranging from the management consulting side to being part of a, a manufacturer like Novartis. And so that that kind of really comes to mind.
3: That's great. Totally an inspirational story and something certainly to be proud of for sure. You know, in prepping for this conversation today, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and it describes you as a data-led, common sense, fed-led, <laughs> science marketing professional with deep passion for helping patients. I love that. How would you say that that philosophy translates to your presentation style?
0: Sure. And thanks for reviewing the profile ahead of time. I think from, I'm, I'm going to break it into tiny bits, right? So when I, what I stated by data-led is really the ability to follow the insight. We talked about the information and how do you filter out insights over information. But I think the common sense fed is really the experiential learning part of it. It's really finding out what matters to the specific audience. Not every insight may seem as impactful to the individual that this is being conveyed to. What you may think is or chattering information may not land in the same way to the audience. And lastly, the patient part of it is I give a lot of credit to my company Novartis and how integral this is to the culture of being part of Novartis. Anything that we do here you know, starts with the patient in mind. Great answer. Thank you.
2: The topic of oncology sits in duality. Uh, we all know of a family that has suffered from cancer, and yet your mission is helping to improve patient health. How do you reconcile that polarity when crafting your communications?
0: That's a great question. And um, I would argue this is by far the most challenging topic in my industry. You know, going back to working on, you know, solving for a cure for metastatic patients. I can't even say the word cure because most of these patients are, you know, terminally ill. And so when you're in an industry that is tasked with communicating to these patients and their families and the providers, you know, through storytelling, through branding, through messaging, et cetera, et cetera, it really helps when you craft your stories to making it seem it is patient empowerment specific. Like it's really about like making them feel and allowing them to define who they are. You know, I think it's very interesting, the duality aspect of it, because you're not essentially as stated before, at least on the metastatic side, which means advanced, your cancer has progressed and you're more of a later stage, it is gut-wrenching to hear about their stories and just understand the landscape. So what we could do at best is, is present a definition of hope. And that hope may look different to different audiences. But the moment you understand how this can empower them to choose how they want to live or you know who they wish to be, I think that really helps. But but I'm I'm going to acknowledge I don't think you know if any of us have solved the answer to these, it is incredibly challenging. And that's why effective communication, you know, comes really to top of mind. Yeah,
3: that's, I don't know, I'm kind of like at a loss for words. It's when it comes to the emotion behind that.
0: Powerful and and
2: humbling.
3: Yeah, for sure. Taking it in a slightly different direction, just wanted to sort of open it up. What about today's theme do you want to talk about that we haven't discussed already? Sure.
0: And just to kind of to remind myself of the theme today, right? Really, how do you use data to motivate? It seems like the theme that we're focused on. I may have touched upon this, but I really want to double down on the focus of impact over activity. You know, over the years, I've seen many, you know, be it a business presentation or a storytelling process. I think one of the where I've seen people succeed and fail is the ones who focus on impact over activity. And um, you know, one of my favorites quotes from Peter Drucker on this topic is, it's the most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. And so oftentimes, we we fall into the trap of communicating how complex the problem was, or how long it took to do something, or how efficient we were in getting to this outcome. But I think it's the impact of what is driving the needs for the end user. And it's across a breadth of audience, right? Be it from a, a senior leader in the organization to a group of you know patients who you find a particular narrative or story to be compelling. So that, you know, I think that's that's a theme that I like I firmly believe in and also wanted to kind of, you know, just double click on. Thank you.
2: This is a, a question we ask of all of our guests on the show. Do you think great business communication is more of an art or science and why?
0: Hmm. I am not going to say it's a little bit of both. Uh, I'm Thanks. sure uh that would have been my my knee-jerk response. I just kind of think through a little bit. I I firmly believe it's more of an art over science. You know, quite simply the art focuses on not just the what, it focuses on the who and the when, right? Again, going back to the audience and the the timeliness aspect of it or the actionable aspect of it. And, and that's who I believe, you know, are the best communicators or the most effective communicators.
3: Mm. I agree with you there for sure. What advice would you have for firing business leaders who want to improve their communication? Practice. And trying not to sound like Alan Iverson, but that's all about
0: practice. I think it's really the repetition of how many times you do it. You know, a coworker of mine very nicely once said, right? He's I used to be in consulting and he said the best way to judge if you're progressing or not is to take the work from six months ago. And you being you now would have to be really critical of that and, and see like, oh my God, I can't believe I created that six months ago. And so with practice, especially when it comes to communication, to me would be the advice that I try to follow. And also with some of the latest tools and, you know, for folks using Microsoft Teams, you know, I love a component called speaker notes that's embedded into, you know, the, the platform. It really, you know, be it any any sort of meeting, any sort of, it could be a one-on-one, it could be a a group forum, I think there are some cool new tools and techniques that are available that provides you instant feedback. So going back to the one piece of advice, I think it's repetition, practice, and really understanding on some of the core foundational principles of effective communication. Excellent.
2: case I want to give you the opportunity to tell our viewers where they can find you on social media and follow you and consume your content. What would be the best spot for them to go?
0: I'm an avid LinkedIn user. So if, uh, you know, again, LinkedIn through, uh, you know, finding my name, Kishan Kumar would be probably the best way to, I do have a Twitter account. It's at uh, it's real Kumar. or I'm not as active on Twitter as I, as I wish to be, but LinkedIn would be probably the first best step. And thanks for asking.
2: For sure. With that, I just want to say thank you so much on behalf of uh, Antoine and myself and all of our listeners really appreciated today's conversation. And thank you for being here today.
0: No, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure.
2: Data is not just about the numbers. It's about helping our audience to make the right decisions and giving them the tools to do so. As presenters, our goal is to inspire people through data-driven strategies and programs that will move them from being passive consumers of information into active agents of change. We want them to know how they can drive their lives forward through the data we present. In this regard, Kishin stretches the importance of being able to discern between what is meaningful and what is just information noise. To aid in that identification, he suggests three key questions when analyzing data. Is it true? Is it actionable? And is it impactful? He believes that our goal in presenting data should always be to communicate thoughtful solutions rather than just highlighting our capabilities. Although all data has value, it has maximum impact when it is data that matters to the people receiving. So to effectively communicate any data point, ask yourself, why is this data relevant to my audience's needs? Lastly, Kishan points out the value of practice, practice, and even more practice.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Think Deeply, Speak Simply. To learn more about the art and science of communicating ideas, visit our free resources at present.com. That's P-R-E-Z-E-N-T tcom